It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Sandy Rios coming to you live from CPAC this year. It's called America Uncanceled. We are at the Hyatt Regency Hotel in Orlando, uh, which is a beautiful hotel, and it's sold out. This is the first time we have come to Florida. I've all, we've always been at National Harbor, Maryland, and before that, another major hotel in the D.C. area. But since D.C. is on lockdown, uh, CPAC moved down here, not really knowing what the response would be, but the response has been amazing. And so today, uh, Senator Ted Cruz will speak. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. will speak. President Trump will be here on Sunday. Scott Walker, uh, the former governor of Wisconsin. Ron DeSantis, the governor of, uh, of Florida. And, of course, countless others. But that gives you an idea of the kind of lineup that we have here. It's, uh, and the, the place is sold out. So it's, uh, people are not giving up. They may be discouraged. They may be worried about the future. But they are not giving up. I want to turn my attention to something that happened yesterday because this is probably the most important news story of the news cycle and I have to talk about it before we have any guests. The Equality Act passed in the House of Representatives last night at a vote from a, with a vote of 224 to 206. That's 224 to 206. The three Republicans voted with the Democrats uh, from Pennsylvania, New York, three of them. So um, but the Republicans were the ones who stood against this. Now, let me explain to you. I have sort of quickly, I've talked about it at greater length in the past, but let me tell you that in general, the Equality Act will insert LGBTQ in the, uh, priv in the protections of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which was uh, protecting people of color. All right, so now people who have uh, any, regardless of their sex, their gender identity and sexual orientation will have all the same civil rights protections as black persons. Now, how we got on this track, I know. I was there when it happened, but it was a beautiful, uh, very clever idea, the part of the LGBT activists, to equate themselves with black, black Americans, but uh, such incredibly insulting and faulty logic because the color of your skin is not a moral issue, and it is a God-given characteristic. The way you have sex, your uh, your identity, your sexual orientation, um, how you behave sexually—that has—that is your choice. It hasn't got—it uh, it has nothing to do uh, with an immutable characteristic. And so that happened last night. And I there's a, there's several things we're going to touch on, and we will have to talk about it more at greater length. But last night on MSNBC, uh, there was a girl who was on. Her name is. Uh, well, she's a girl, but she looks just like a man. Okay, so you understand. Her name is Kate Sosen, uh, and she was asked particularly about the religious uh, exceptions in this bill. Let's listen. What about religious exemptions? 
That's a great question. So uh, religious exemptions are really going to be the sticking point here um, because, you know, a lot of people feel like it is their sincerely held religious belief not to, for example, as we've seen, make a wedding cake for a same-sex couple. Um, the, the problem is going to be that the Equality Act tries to insert protections for LGBTQ people into the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So, you know, people are protected on the basis of race. You can't turn away a black person from a restaurant. Um, All right, I'm going to interrupt that. I'm going to interrupt this clip. But the point is, and she goes on, and I I don't have time to play the on and on part. But basically she's saying, well, not so much, because, you know, we can't have these religious exemptions because it would really weaken the bill. So she's uh, not the one who decides, but I can tell you right now, I can tell you right now with certainty there will not be religious exemptions uh, if the Democrats uh, manage to pass this, because uh, they are hell-bent on forcing everyone to bow the knee to transgenderism, to homosexuality. Uh, They will force churches to just be prepared, pastors, deacons, ministers, church members. There will be an assault. Remember the case in... um, I think it was Ohio where a funeral director had a man greeting his guests, grieving guests who uh, decided to transition to a woman. And he tried, he's, you know, he let him go because it didn't, he didn't feel it was appropriate. He was Christian. And the, the Supreme Court decided that he had to hire him. He did not have the right to dismiss him. And so that's where we're going with this uh, girls sports. There will be no distinctions between, you know, men participating in girls sport, sports and also They will be forcing doctors to perform all kinds of things on kids, which we've talked about before. Now, this is a massive bill. There are a lot of things in it, but that's kind of the quick take from me. I want you to hear this amazing exchange between Rand Paul and Dr. Rachel Levin. Now, Rachel uh, is the nominee by Joe Biden uh, for Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services, who is going to be over all of this stuff. Uh, she is a pediatrician. She, he, whatever, is a pediatrician. And Senator Rand Paul asks some pointed questions. Let's listen. Genital mutilation has been nearly universally condemned. Genital mutilation has been condemned by the WHO, the United Nations Children's Fund, the United Nations Population Fund. According to the WHO, genital mutilation is recognized internationally as a violation of human rights. Genital mutilation is considered particularly egregious because, as the WHO notes, it is nearly always carried out on minors and is a violation of the rights of children. Most genital mutilation is not typically performed by force, but as WHO notes, that by social convention, social norm, the social pressure to conform, to do what others do and have been doing, as well as the need to be accepted socially and the fear of being rejected by the community. American culture is now normalizing the idea that minors can be given hormones to prevent their biological development of their secondary sexual characteristics. Dr. Levine, you have supported both allowing minors to be given hormone blockers to prevent them from going through puberty, as well as surgical destruction of a minor's genitalia. Like surgical mutilation, hormonal interruption of puberty can permanently alter and prevent secondary sexual characteristics. The American College of Pediatricians reports that 80 to 95% of prepubertal children with gender dysphoria will experience resolution by late adolescence if not exposed to medical intervention and social affirmation. Dr. Levine, do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life-changing decision as changing one's sex? 
Well, Senator, thank you for your interest in this question. Um, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field um, with robust research and uh, standards of care that have been developed. And if I am fortunate enough to be confirmed as the Assistant Secretary of Health, I will look forward to working with you and your office and coming to your office and discussing the particulars of the standards of care for transgender yeah, medicine. The specific question was about minor. All right, so that's the first part of that. But Rand Paul was not giving up because obviously that was a non-answer from the pediatrician who is a transgender who's going to be over this kind of operation. Uh, so let's listen to the I'm talking about not the she's not supervising all the operations. I wasn't speaking medically, uh, but this whole uh, implication or implementing of transgender uh, surgeries for kids. Uh, so this is the next exchange between Senator Rand Paul and Dr. Rachel Levin. Let's listen. Let's be a little more specific since you evaded the question. Do you support the government intervening to override the parent's consent to give a child puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and or amputation surgery of breasts and genitalia? You have said that you're willing to accelerate the protocols for street kids. I'm alarmed that poor kids with no parents who are homeless and distraught, you would just go through this and allow that to happen to a minor. I would hope that you would have compassion for Kira Bell, who's a 23-year-old girl who was confused with her identity. At 14, she read on the internet about something about transsexuals. She thought, well, maybe that's what I am. She ended up getting these puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones. She had her breast amputated. But here's what ultimately she says now. And this is a very insightful from decision from someone who made a mistake but was led to believe this was a good thing by the medical community. I made a brash decision as a teenager, as a lot of teenagers do, trying to find confidence and happiness, except now the rest of my life will be negatively affected, she said, adding that the medicalized gender transitioning was a very temporary, superficial fix for a very complex identity issue. What I'm alarmed at is that you're not willing to say absolutely minors shouldn't be making decisions to amputate their breast or to amputate their genitalia. For most of our history, we believe that minors don't have full rights and the parents need to be involved. So I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field. Uh, and if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field. Let it go into the record that the witness refused to answer the question. The question is a very specific one. Should minors be making these momentous decisions? For most of the history of medicine, we wouldn't let you have a cut sewn up in the ER. But you're willing to let a minor take things that prevent their puberty, and you think they get that back? You give a woman testosterone enough that she grows a beard, you think she's going to go back looking like a woman when you stop the testosterone? You have permanently changed them. Infertility is another problem. None of these drugs have been approved for this. They're all being used off-label. I find it ironic that the left that went nuts over hydroxychloroquine being used possibly for COVID are not alarmed that these hormones are being used off-label. There's no long-term studies. We don't know what happens to them. We do know that there are dozens and dozens of people who've been through this who, who regret that this happened and a permanent change happened to them 
and you know, if you've ever been around children, 14 year olds can't make this decision. In the gender dysphoria clinic in England, 10% of the kids are between the ages of three and 10. We should be outraged that someone's talking to a three year old about changing their sex. All right, so there you hear it, and that's just a little, this we could do hours on this, and we have, and we will again, but to repeat, the Equality Act, now that's a different thing, that's the hearing on her uh, nomination to be the Assistant Secretary of HHS, that's the exchange, Rand Paul was sterling on that, he spelled it out and painted the picture, it was powerful, but in conjunction with that, the Equality Act is just passed in the House, 224 to 206, it now goes to the Senate, and so sitting in front of me is a senator, which is very nice. James Langford, thank you for joining us. Glad to be able to join uh, you. He is a senator from the state of Oklahoma. And what you don't know, and my audience doesn't either, is I graduated from Oklahoma Baptist University. Come on. So I never have a chance to say that. but We'll uh, take you back on Bison Hill anytime. Go, go Sooners, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So, um, Senator, it's. I'm sorry, I want to talk about the Equality Act. There's yeah. so much to talk about, but it's going to go to your chamber. All right. So what's going to happen? So I, I hope it is not passed in our chamber. There'll be a lot of digging in by Republicans to say, pause on this. Everyone's for equality. And my Democrat colleagues are great at naming bills. And they're going to say, yes. who's, a, who's opposed to equality? Right. I was like, no one's opposed to equality. But this bill is not about equality. Uh, this bill is about special additional rights uh, for some people. And other people don't get special additional rights. That's not what it's all about. And let me give you a good example of that. In the hiring practice, uh, it states in the bill, it changes the way we do labor law to say, if I come and interview for a job with you, you, and I perceive, it says, even if incorrectly, I perceive that you think that I am some special class of people, uh, then, and you don't hire me, I can sue you for that. Or if you fire me, and I perceive the reason you, you fired me is because you thought I was in some kind of special class, or whether it's religion, whether it's race, whether it's LGBTQ, then somehow now I have leverage over you. You can't not hire me, and you can't fire me as an employer on this. It changes all so of our equal. employment. It's, it's not, not equal. It's not yeah. equal. It's a, a preference. It is. And punishment. If you don't, uh, you know, have, meet these quotas, and I it really, I just played a clip before you joined me, of an exchange uh, with MSNBC, with uh, oh gosh, I, I can't even think of her name, but she she's a an activist on this, and her point is, of course, that religious exemptions would just be they just get in the way, because it, then we wouldn't be equal at all, and so we know both of you, both of us know. Uh, this is heading against religious exemptions. It also, you know, will open up bathrooms. And this probably will inc right. include churches eventually, too, Senator, right. when this passes. Uh, so bathroom, bathrooms, dressing rooms, all of it. All of it. It would be yeah. the first time ever that Congress has passed a bill that exempted religious exemptions on it. They would literally say the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which Doesn't has been around anything. for decades, say, you know, you, you can't you can't hide, quote, quote, you can't hide behind religion. You, you can't have a faith. Uh, and be able to actually practice your faith. It's directly against yeah. the First Amendment of the Constitution. Uh, it's, just, it's stunning. It really is. But then what they're assaulting all of those amendments and the Constitution itself. All right. So, but let's get particularly, let's get particular on this. You have to have, at this point, still cloture, which is 60 correct, votes. Which is 60 votes. Is there right. any way there would be 60 votes? I, I do not see a way that there are 60 votes on this. And obviously the debate has not occurred. I can't speak for all of my colleagues on this. I can tell you I've been very outspoken to oppose this. In fact, actually stepped on the floor of the Senate last year and spoke against the Equality Act, seeing that this was coming to say, here's the reasons we should not do this, and here's why. But the Democrats are, are completely united on this one, and they're going to try to work on trying to pick off 10 Republicans. Okay, let me just uh, no, you guys hold that hold the break until, uh, until I say, okay? Okay. Um, 
So, Senator, now in the Senate, there's so many things to ask you. I guess I have to, I do need to talk to you about the COVID relief bill. Right. I mean, that has it passed yet? I'm sorry, I've been tucked it, away it, here. It is passed in the House. It's in the coming House, to the yes. Senate. Uh, okay. It's certainly not, it's not even been taken up in the Senate. Okay. Uh, and, and, and I know this is how the, everybody notes it as a COVID relief bill. It's not a COVID relief bill. Uh, it's, it's all this great liberal wish list of all the things they've always wanted to get done that they're trying to cram in this bill and call it a COVID bill. Uh, there, are, there are some elements that are that are COVID-related into it, uh, but certainly a tunnel in Nancy Pelosi's district is not a COVID bill. Most of the education money that they're saying, we need to help the schools through COVID, most of the education money, meaning 95% of it, you couldn't even spend this calendar year. It's not even eligible to be spent this calendar year. So these are just dollars that they're throwing out to people for no, different uh, things they yeah, want. Yeah, like almost $2 trillion. Right. My understanding, too, is that only 9% really goes to the relief of people. The rest right. of it is uh, other uh, stuff. It's yeah. other stuff. And, and yeah. the $350 billion they're including for cities and states, okay. the total state revenue that's off last year is 0.1%. 0.1% uh, is what state revenues are off, and they're throwing $350 billion. And it's targeted towards those with the highest unemployment. What does that mean? That's code for those that did the lockdowns. So if California and New York did long-term lockdowns, had high unemployment, they get the most money, and that's the way that they based it. All right. So whatever its chance that well, of how are you going to stop that? Yeah, that's that's the challenge right now because if they do it through reconciliation, they need 51 votes. And yeah. uh, so if they hold all Democrats uh, plus mm-hmm. have Kamala Harris step in, they can actually ram this thing through. And the, the president that stepped up just on January the 20th and said, let's talk about unity, will immediately step in and start ramming through this major practice without any unity. Yeah. So... Okay, reconciliation, of course, we haven't got time to explain because I have to, everything has to be rushed on Radio Row, uh, but it has to be, they have to prove some sort of a financial uh, involvement in order to declare reconciliation. Can they do that on the Equality Act? They cannot do that on the Equality Act. It's oh, a, gosh, a, that's a, great. It, it's that's a, it's great. a policy document, not a budget document. They're, they're right now in a big fight with a parliamentarian because they're trying to ram through $15 an hour minimum wage uh, into this COVID bill. Because, again, that's clearly not COVID-related. Uh, but the parliamentarian has already said, no, that doesn't work. They're still saying we're going to try to find a way just to be able to raise taxes on companies that don't do $15 minimum wage and then just try to figure out a way to be able to get it in there anyway as a budget document. So we'll, we'll see. There's still an ongoing fight. Last question. Uh, what's it like? Like to be in the Senate right now? Yeah, what's it like to be in the country right now? Uh, it, I can it, answer that one. It's <laughs> what, what, what people feel right now in their workplace and their families and everything else. That's what it feels like in the Senate right now as well, uh, where there's way more division than there needs to be. There needs to be long-term conversations about where we're we going on horizon, how much money are we borrowing, what's the effect on that on our, our children, uh, how are we going to handle national security issues. Uh, but it's just this divided, uh, we're not talking to everybody kind of moment. So I'm working to be able to engage with people on both sides of the aisle to say, Let's actually have real dialogue and actually debate some of these things out. That's what the American people expect us to do. Let's yeah. actually engage and do those things. But it's a tough, it's tough, you guys are, it's a tough go. It's like an armed camp. I, I don't, you know, I was there for years. I'm not living there now. I'm glad. I You're can't, in the real world. Yeah, sort of, yeah. J- doctor, doctor. Just James. Doctor, I'm confusing people. <laughs> now, Senator, no, yeah. Senator, you earned it. So you need to be called Senator Langford. It's a pr- pleasure. And uh, let's talk again when we're not on Radio Row in such a rush. And have a little more time to be able to visit. Yeah, ex- so. Exactly, exactly. I'd like that. You guys can run the, the bumper coast. Coming up next is Jenny Beth Martin of Tea Party, and she's standing right here because 
because that's the kind of girl she is. Uh, Senator, thank you so much. This is Sandy Rios coming to you live from Radio Row in Orlando, Florida at the Hyatt Regency. Uh, and um, it's just, I enjoy this. It's fun for me to, to meet and see people that I know. And so um, Jenny Beth is one of those, and she's coming up next. So we're going to talk about a lot of important issues with Jenny Beth, like when are kids going to go back to school and uh, what her perspective is on Javier Bacera, who is being nominated for the Secretary of HHS. Uh, so uh, stay tuned, uh, and hopefully, God willing, you'll get some information that will help you know how to navigate these difficult days. This is Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God. After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. There are only two sexes, male or female. If you're conceived with a Y chromosome, you will develop into a male. In His Image is a documentary featuring life-changing testimonies of former LGBT individuals. In my most formative years of development of sexuality, I went through a brutal time of uh, sexual distortion, molestation. Visit InHisImage.movie to watch In His Image. Well, everybody, welcome to this unboxing video as we unbox. My hormone blockers. In His Image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit InHisImage.movie. You're made in the image of God. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Hello Americans, I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Virginia teachers, take the lead in education with up to 64% off your graduate degree at Liberty University. This year has forced you to innovate, adapt, overcome, and you've not only risen to the challenge, you've crushed it. Now help education emerge from this crisis stronger than ever with your MAT or MED degree. Our transfer-friendly degree programs are 100% online and start as low as $282 per credit hour. It's our thanks for all you do for our future. To learn more, text TEACHER to 49595. That's TEACHER to 49595. Contrary to what the Democrats want you to believe, you cannot purchase a slave at Walmart or Costco. There's not a single person alive in our nation who has owned slaves or benefited from slavery. There's not a single black American today who has been enslaved by a white American. We fought a war about that. 
Blood was shed on American soil to ensure that all men were created equal. But now the critical race theory mob is about to come after our bank accounts. It's called reparations. Former President Barack Obama said the other day that reparations are justified. He says he did not push the idea during his presidency because of the politics of white resistance and resentment. There are many people in this country who actually believe that working-class Americans should share their paychecks with oppressed citizens like Oprah, LeBron James, and Maxine Waters. I don't care if you're black or white. That's not reparations. That's thievery. I'm Todd Starnes. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. As a result of these round-the-clock efforts, in five weeks, America's administered the most shots of any country in the world, any country in the world, with among the highest percentage of population fully vaccinated. That's progress we promised. It's also true that while COVID-19 vaccinations are up, COVID cases and hospitalizations are coming down. But I need to be honest with you. Cases and hospitalizations could go back up with new variants as they emerge. So I want to make something really very clear. This is not a time to relax. We must keep washing our hands, stay socially distanced, and for God's sake, for God's sake, wear a mask. Yes, sir. Uh, you know what? That's uh, Joe Biden reading the cards. And as I said to you yesterday, I have a good friend whose mother has dementia, and she said that's the last thing to go is being able to read. And I've played clips. I've played other clips to you that demonstrate a very different Joe Biden. But what do I know? I mean, maybe it's just a bad day. But Dan Bongino was on last night on Fox, and Dan was talking about things he's hearing from Secret Service. And I thought you might find this interesting. Let's listen. And on this nuclear football uh, story, you know, I'm not kidding. When when the producer sent this to me, I had to read this twice. I thought, like, is this a, is this sorry? I thought, is it Babylon B? Is this the Onion? Uh, this is a was, real story. Fake news, I mean, right? think about how. Yeah. Right, I thought. For, no, I'm not kidding. Like, I'm thought, is he trying to be funny about this? I mean, this is a real story. These are Democrats. You said it in your opening segment. I hope everybody didn't miss the line. Is there something these Democrats aren't telling us? Because it's something I warned about before the election. I was getting from my sources, Sean. Again, it gives me absolutely no joy in saying this, and I mean that. He is in real significant trouble, Joe Biden. And listen to me, everyone around him, everyone knows it. Everyone knows it. This is the scandal that they're not telling you how bad his condition really is. But I, I maintain a lot of contacts outside of even law enforcement. And I'm telling you from what I've heard from people in my network, Everyone knows how bad it is. Everyone. It's not a mystery. It is the worst kept secret in the White House. And how they can think about this. We're only in the second month of this. How bad is this going to be four years from now? This is a serious problem. This is not a joke. Yes, it is not a joke. It hasn't been a joke. We just couldn't get people to listen. Uh, Sandy Rios back with you coming to you live from CPAC. And uh, joining me this morning is Jenny Beth Martin. Jenny is a frequent guest and a good friend. Uh, she's uh, the Tea Party Patriots. She's the honorary chairman now, but she's, you know, she founded that, is based in Atlanta, and we've talked a lot about a lot of things. But, Jenny Beth, right off the bat, let's talk about what Biden said in that clip, what he read in that clip about wearing masks. And, you know, we keep hearing from the Gen 
Saki and uh, Joe Biden that uh, vaccinations don't make any difference at all. You have to still wear masks and uh, social distance. And uh, they're talking about giving um, vaccinations every time you fly, new vaccinations. Yeah, so this is madness, and it's causing schools to be closed. And let me just, I'm sorry, but I have to also include, they, they need to know that you were the driving force behind the frontline doctors, making that possible. That's, yeah. you've been very involved in trying to uh, bring truth to the American people. So just your comments without a question for me. Um, well, first, schools need to be open, and I encourage every single one of your, your listeners to go look at a tweet from um, a couple of days ago on February 24th at 7.19 p.m. Um, from Reopen CA Schools, Reopen California Schools, Reopen CA Schools. It has this woman going through flashcards with her fourth grader, showing her fourth grader, and you see the reaction as her daughter finds out she's going to be able to go back to school. She breaks down in tears, and it's jumping up and down. And um, I, I watched that this morning. I encourage every single person to go watch that. My children, thankfully, have been back in school since August 1st, face-to-face, five days a week. Masks are optional where we live. It is... Um, it has not been perfect, but at least they're back in school. So sometimes they've had to quarantine or they've had to be out and back on hybrid or digitally. But our school system has found a way to make it work. And these school systems in California and Virginia and Maryland and Washington State and Oregon should be ashamed of themselves. They are harming these children. We've been told by the left for years and years and years that we need public education. We shouldn't have school choice. Private schools are bad. Well, guess what? The private schools, the places where there are options, for for children, the places that are more right leaning instead of run by the edu- the the school unions, the teacher unions, they're open. And so, what does that tell you? It tells me that the, the people on the left care more about pleasing the teachers and the teachers union, the top of the teachers union, than they do about the teachers who want to get back in the classroom and the students who want to get back in the classroom. We have a social contract with these kids that we're going to make sure they are educated, and it is so incredibly wrong to leave these schools open. And I'm doing this not because it benefits my kids. They're in school. They're seniors in high school. We're going to find a college that's open for them. And then, but the the fact is, there are so many others who are not. And I just think it's, it's, it's wrong. And I have to stand up for it because I'm just so outraged that this little girl's breaking down in tears, finding out she's going to be able to go back on March 3rd. You know, Jenny Beth, that's, that's, that would break my heart, but even worse, if worse can be, if there can be worse, it's the suicides of children. I just read, I believe it was Las Vegas, their schools all shut down and they had a rash, I think it's Las Vegas, somewhere out west, uh, they had a series of suicides. And they they got, the board got together and said, we have to open. You know, there's suicides, depression, it's having a ter- that to me is even, if that doesn't wake people up, yeah. what's going to wake them up? The, um, pediatricians are saying that they are seeing an increase in in depression and in anxiety in people coming to to see them because of of depression and anxiety kids coming to see them the suicide rate we may not find out what the suicide rate is for another year or two typically it lags behind the and there's a reason for it the Um, numbers you mean yeah the the numbers for it and there's a reason for that they try not to to highlight suicide so much because it often can become um, a contagion. The just, oh, sure, kids so, imitating, right? But but it just this is awful. It and it, it we we 
it's so important to get these schools open because they set, they're a foundational block for how a community and a society locally will operate. The traffic patterns are set by it. Churches set their schedules by it. Nonprofits parents set work their schedule. Yeah. Parents work. Everything yeah, is, is driven by the school calendar. Mm-hmm. And when no one's going to school, it throws everything out of whack and your community can't get back to normal until schools are. Let me just frame this and then we're going to move to the next thing. Um, if people are wondering how in the world teachers unions could keep teachers out of school, they keep getting paid, they're getting paid, and that's disgusting, but it's worse than that. And if you uh, understand that the teachers unions were taken over by the hardcore left in the 80s, in the 80s, and they have been steadily uh, poisoning teachers and unions. I saw it with my own eyes when I graduated from college. And so this is what you're seeing in our culture is what's been happening in the teachers' unions decades ago. And so they don't really, the interest is not in educating. I'm not saying teachers. We're talking about the the thinkers, the people that are guiding them. Well, and I think it's really important when the, um, I think it was in Chicago, they brought before the teachers' union all of the members to vote on the reopening plan. And I think it was 57, maybe it was even 67, but it was well over a majority of the teachers were in, in the in the union were in favor of the plan to reopen. And the reopening plan is, the union said it was a bare minimum they were willing to accept. Well, it wasn't like it was a 49-51 vote. It was a, a solid majority, maybe even a super majority who were in favor of this. I suspect that the majority of the, of the teachers want to get back in there because yeah. I think many teachers teachers in this country, they are teaching because they want, yes. it's a calling yeah, for them. Yeah, because it's a, such a pain to teach now. I yeah, think you're right, this, And mm-hmm. so I don't I don't mm-hmm. think that most most teachers want to just sit around at home and not get paid and do Zoom. But I think that there's, these unions see this as a political opportunity to transform America rather mm-hmm. than just yeah. doing what's right. I, I, I'm all for school choice and, and making sure the money follows the families. But right now, the most important thing is get, get the schools open. We'll deal with politics another day. Yeah, uh, I, well, you and I talked a great deal about the election chaos uh, following the 2020 election. We talked a lot about what happened in Georgia because that's your home state. Uh, so just a personal question have, about Georgia. Have, have things settled down there in the aftermath? That it, it didn't seem that anything was ever solved, but... Are people still disturbed about this? Yeah, people are very disturbed. And I think what we're seeing from the left and out of Congress and even the media this week because of um, the fact that people like me will be speaking here at CPAC about election integrity, the media is saying it was a, the big lie. Yeah, the big the, lie. The, they're the ones who are lying. I guarantee you they have not gone and looked at the evidence in the affidavits in Georgia. And I dare them to go and do that. Look, the president's case had the evidence instead of just whether they're standing or not. Um, and that, I, I could go into all the details in Georgia about all the things that happened, but had we ever actually looked at the evidence, we don't know if it would have stood up or not. Maybe the Secretary of State had evidence that would have just blown the President's case completely out of the water. He, The Secretary of State says he does, but we haven't seen his evidence. And that's what's so disturbing. We are supposed to just take his word for it when we know that there were things that he did that at the very least were irregular and improper. Well, this is one of the reasons, Jenny Beth, for the huge divide. Well, I know they're telling us now there's the, they're healing this divide between Republicans. I don't, I'm not willing to heal. I'm not willing. I'm 
sorry, because there are too many of them that stabbed us in the back as a country. Yeah. They betrayed their country uh, by trying to go along to get along and making excuses for some of their own kind. And so I've got no patience for that. And I say the discussion has to be made. Why did you do that? And look what you've done. And unless you're willing to kind of come around, I'm not, I'm not, I don't trust you ever again. Yeah. So, all right. So HR1 and SR1, the uh, For the People Act, uh, that's... Should be called For the Politicians Act, yeah. because that's what it is. Which is coming up, like, uh, pretty soon here. We've got the, the COVID relief bill. That's a whole other issue. Equality Act yesterday passed in the House. But this is coming up, right? I don't think it's been voted on yet. It hasn't. I would have heard about it. HR1. No, it ha- I don't yeah. think that it's been voted on yet unless in the last few days while we've been down here getting ready for CPAC, something right. happened. But HR1 is going to codify, meaning it's going to make into federal law many of the problems that we saw in Georgia that happened through consent decrees and in, in Pennsylvania and in Arizona from um, not the legislature, but individual either politicians or appointed, either elected or appointed secretaries of state. And it will, some of the crazy things that this bill does is it says that it is illegal, it will become illegal to challenge a voter. So if you don't think that they're a legitimate voter, you're not allowed to do that. You can, you would no longer be able to ask for voter, I mean, voter ID. So the only thing that is good enough for an ID is a signature. Um, you can't, that means you can't even, and that's for registration or voting. It means you can't even verify that they actually live where they say they're going to live. No utility bill, nothing, just a signature. Same day voter registration. And 16 year olds would be allowed to register to vote. Now get this, if you're 16 and you're allowed to register to vote, you're on the, the poll pad. So you're, maybe you're not on the poll pad. I'm not sure exactly what would happen, but you're now registered to vote. You go in, you sign a paper saying, yeah, I'm a voter. I'm allowed to vote. Who, no, no one's allowed to challenge it. Their name is on is registered now. I, it just it's it's craziness. And then it's going to pay um, for politicians' campaigns to to run. It just it, it it is not a good bill, and it is something that we really need to work to defeat. It's bad for elections. It will not ensure integrity in elections. It will make cheating easier. It will make it difficult, if not impossible, to figure out if a vote was legal or not. And on top of all that, it fri- infringes on free speech, and it will harm organizations like Tea Party Patriots Action. Uh, it'll harm We'll never have our country. This is really the death blow as far as I'm concerned. There's no pulling back if this passes. Do you agree with the uh, projection that it could be stopped perhaps in the Senate? I know they need 60 votes for cloture right now, uh, but I, I don't listen. I think they'll find a way to declare this a reconciliation act. I just think they will. They'll find a way. If they don't do it right now, they'll do it. Uh, do you agree with the notion that there are enough Democrats in the House in Republic, uh, Demo- Trump districts, uh, that they would be nervous about voting for this? Well, I, I think that they would be, but the problem right now is that Nancy Pelosi, Speaker Pelosi, got them to all co- co-sign oh, the that's bill. Right. That's right, so every one it, of them. They're all going to hold hands and jump off yeah. the cliff together. This is yeah. a way to make it very difficult for the squishy ones, or the maybe not the squi- I, I would say the, the stronger-willed ones, but the ones that are in these very uh, purple districts, to to vote against the bill it makes it much more difficult for them to do that and so i think that we need to call and tell them to vote against it and then we're going
going to have to focus on defeating this in the Senate. But we should not give the people in the House a, a pass. free pass no. on no voter ID. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? I had to have an ID to get down here. Yeah. You have to... I, yeah, I, and have your temperature checked. I have to checked. show an ID to get yeah. into CPAC. Yeah. You know, it's just crazy. And fill out forms. And yeah. even when you got here, all these questionnaires. Yes, it's yeah. lovely. We're living in a police state, but not for voting. But not for voting. Right. At least if they have their way. Jenny Beth Martin, Tea Party Patriots. Always a pleasure, Thank Jenny Beth. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Sandy Rios. And the morning coming up next, a really fascinating discussion uh, with uh, a guy that has a lot to say about Black Lives Matter. Stay tuned. Sandy Rios in the morning, AFR Talk. God didn't leave us alone. He gave us the Bible to help us have a better life. After a battle with lung cancer, Rush Limbaugh died. The Bible reminds us that everyone dies and the living should take this to heart. Rush was one of the most loved and hated political figures in America. When death stared him in the face, he began to openly talk about God and his need for a Savior. Politics are important, but nothing is as important as our eternal soul. I'm Pastor John Miller. Visit me at churchontherock.org. American Family Radio newscasts are now available as a podcast. I'm Rusty Pugh. I'm Steve Jordahl. Didn't catch the full story? Listen to the podcast. I'm Chris Woodward. I'm Chad Groening. Didn't have the radio on at the top of the hour? Listen to the podcast. I'm Charlie Bunch. And I'm Fred Jackson. Get accurate news from a Christian perspective whenever you want it with the American Family News podcast. You can also sign up for our daily news brief. Visit onenewsnow.com. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Soon after inauguration, the Biden administration canceled the Keystone Pipeline. In so doing, the Biden camp terminated thousands of American jobs. And for what? Is the environment safer now that the oil that will continue to flow, mind you, will be transported by train instead of through the pipeline? Will other countries stop buying oil now that the XL pipeline was shut down? Under President Trump, America became a net energy exporter for the first time in nearly 70 years. Now, other countries will just buy their oil elsewhere instead of getting it from us. Biden administration policies make America weaker and our enemies stronger. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Brian Fisher here. Democrats are pushing hard the so-called Equality Act. But in reality, it's the Homosexual Supremacy Act. Under this bill, it's homosexuality uber alles. Under the Equality Act, churches will be forced to hire transvestites and female senior pastors or lose their tax exemption. Christian charities will face the same penalties. Private employers will face expensive lawsuits if they don't use preferred pronouns in the workplace. Christian doctors and hospitals will be forced to perform sexual mutilation surgeries on teenagers or lose their licenses to practice medicine. Abortion will be defined officially as health care. Female athletics will be abolished, and it will become a crime to offer counseling to someone to help them leave the homosexual lifestyle. The Equality Act must be stopped in its tracks. Catch Brian Fisher on Focal Point, weekday afternoons at 105 Central on American Family Radio.
This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. House Democrats are expected today to approve a $1.9 trillion legislative Christmas tree, masquerading as a crisis response to the ongoing pandemic. President Biden insists that every dime is urgently needed, asking rhetorically, what would anyone propose be left out? Sean Hannity responded last night by noting that only 9% of this massive spending bill directly relates to the damage done by the so-called COVID virus. The rest of it is earmarked for unrelated pork barrel priorities of congressional leaders and their favored lobbies. If enacted, this legislation would effectively mean we'll be printing lots more money. That could prove the last straw for the dollar whose status as the world's reserve currency the communist Chinese and others are determined to end. If that happens, the resulting devastation of our economy will make the present crisis look like the good old days. This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. This 21-year-old mother of two asked we not show her face. She's terrified the woman who attacked her and punched her two-year-old son will come after them again. I'm scared. I don't even like taking the train no more. I don't feel, I don't feel safe. On Saturday, the mother holding her sleeping son was riding the C train heading toward the 116th train station in Harlem when a panhandling woman asked the man sitting next to them for money. I said, ma'am, can you please stay six feet away? Please back off. As the woman begrudgingly walked away, she stepped on the mother's foot, turned around and mumbled. I held my hand to try to protect my baby from her falling on my baby. She turned around. And she just started punching my baby and punching him and punching him. And I was just asking people like, yo, can you please get my baby? Please get him. Like, nobody tried to stop. Like, people were just standing there. Police arrived too late. The attacker ran off. The toddler was rushed to the hospital and released, but the trauma has set in. This morning when he woke up, he was shaking. I don't know if those are the part of the seizures that the doctor said he will have. This attack follows the arrest of a homeless man who confessed to stabbing four people on the A-train line earlier this month. Police have since assigned 500 additional uniformed officers to patrol the subway system. She says their presence isn't felt. You see everything on the train station is so mind-blowing, you understand? Because it's like, where is the police? The attacker is described as a heavyset woman in her 40s with a buzz cut and a neck tattoo. Police are urging anyone with information on this case to come forward. In Harlem, Hazel Sanchez, CBS 2 News. All right, Sandy Rios coming to you live from uh, CPAC. And the reason I played that is because I just wanted to illustrate that the policies of the left, whether it's defunding the police, uh, eliminating bail, uh, shortening sentences, uh, or allowing um, uh, violent organizations like Antifa and Black Lives Matter to grow and never, you never, never be held account to the things about their, what they're doing, the people that are hurt the most are minorities in black communities. They just are. And so um, Audrey Pruitt is joining us. That's not why he's actually joining me, to join me. He's the CEO of the New, Jer- New Journey Pack. He's the author, Planes, Steak, and Water, uh, Defending Donald J. Trump. Uh, he also has started this brand new pack, which is called New Journey. And you might know that, or remember that James Golden, who is uh, Mr. Snurdly for Rush Limbaugh, for, was for Rush Limbaugh, 
uh, started this pack. We talked several months ago about this, but Autry is the CEO now, um, and he does radio in uh, New York. He did. He also has been, he's written for tons of different places, but if I keep giving his accolades, we won't have a chance to talk. Autry, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on board, Sandy. So glad to be here. You know, Autry, you were telling me before we start, yeah. before we went on mic here, that you paid a personal price for supporting Donald Trump with your family. You yeah. want to just say a word about that? Well, uh, we I lost uh, the show. We lost any advertisers we had. My uh, daughter had to be uh, shuffled uh, around schools. Uh, my wife does not carry my last name to this day because of it. Um, we even went to the extreme of I went out a few times um, with other women to, to make sure because we had death threats to the house, car got broken into, our, um, my office got broken into, um, things painted, license plates stolen. It, it was crazy. And they would leave notes. It wasn't random, violent. I mean, I, it was, I've lived in way worse places than where I lived when I started making money doing radio and all of a sudden I had problems. Uh, going to my family was a bridge too far. The number of death threats I had was out the wazoo. Didn't really take it serious until um, someone came in with dead animals and, and, and put them in our, <clears throat> in our office. Um, at the time, we had a studio. So we went into a studio, but we had a separate office where we did all the prep work, etc. And um, that's when it became, uh, became serious. That was some years ago now, but that's when it became serious back in when Trump first ran in 2015. And so, you know, that's where, that's where we've been. So it's been real. Autry, uh, look, I, I know, I don't know what the percentage, I don't, I don't know. You probably mm -hmm. do. Uh, there were so many more, percentage-wise, black yeah. Americans who voted for a Republican, of all things. Yeah. A so-called conservative. It's, it was pretty mm -hmm. remarkable. If you know anything about uh, the black community and how they feel about being a conservative, that's almost like a dirty word. Yeah. And yet um, thousands did, including you. Mm -hmm. Lots of people, fine people. Um, so in the aftermath, now that President Trump was, uh, you know, yeah, he lost because of uh, various shenanigans in the election process. How do black Americans feel? Are they as they're watching things unravel? I think with mm -hmm. Joe Biden and all these policies that they can't be okay with, like yeah. the equality. How do, how are they feeling about that? Well, it, when you talk <laughs> on the ground to to black Americans, I, I still go to a barbershop that's predominantly black American. When you talk on the ground to black Americans and a church, for example, for me or. You'll find that many black Americans, um, and let's talk about the apolitical ones. Let's talk about like, people yeah. like myself or, yeah, just or people on the, just, just people. regular Living folks. Life. They're saying, what, and I have to clean it up for radio, but what the heck? What, what in the world is going on? How in the world can you kill jobs with the Keystone Pipeline? And then now gas is more expensive. Now, I know that's a huge jump to make because technically where the keystone is, et cetera. However, that's the rationale that you ask me. What are they thinking? They're saying you killed a pipeline, you ended jobs, including high-paying jobs for black workers were in there, and now gas prices are higher. What's the cost? Then on top of that, they're saying, oh, and now you want more of energy, renewable something, solar climate something, and, what and Texas happened, is freezing. And, and Texas yeah, it's not is, working so well. It, 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 that's not working so well. Mm -hmm. So what's going on is black folks are saying, that doesn't make any doggone sense. 
you know. So this is a really ripe time. We're going to run out of time here. This is a That's very okay. ripe time for your pack, the New yes. Journey pack. Your goal is to move black voters from the blue column to the red column. That simple. And really, would you, I mean, Autry, it, to me, a long time ago, this stopped being about a party. Now, there are labels and names, but yeah. this is about loving America and your home. And yeah. certainly, although we're being stirred to division, we are brothers and sisters in this country. This is our home. It's where you raise your kids. It's where I raise my yeah, kids. This, it's, the racial divide right. really is meaningless. We work together. <laughs> so, we, we, go to, we go to church together. This is 2021. Yeah. What in the world? This is not 1955. Okay, so... Uh, but it is moving people yeah. to that place where, hey, this is preservation of homeland. Yeah. And we share that. So how is that going? <laughs> well, I, I, I'll, I'll say it like this. With, with black Americans, it is about preserving your family. And through preserving your family, you can preserve the country. I tell Republicans all the time, when you're talking engage, and engaging with black Americans, it's about family. It's about your kids going to a good school. Hello, school choice, right? Yeah, and not give, being given hormone blockers and Ex- having their exactly. little parts removed. And and, yeah. and it's about going into a classroom and coming out of that classroom and knowing how to do division. Not having to worry about, oh, are you a male this week? Are you a woman that week? Uh, is, is Sally uh, being unjustified? I mean, you're four years. I, I said, you're in fourth grade. A fourth grader. I don't want my fourth grader being talked about straight relationships between men and women or any relationships between men, whether it's straight sexual intercourse or any other type of intercourse. That is should be reserved for the home. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well I think um you're right and that, that oh gosh. I we have all of that in common and of course we always have. It's just that there are people trying to divide They're trying to divide, trying to divide us now. Okay. For their self interest, by yeah, the way. I'm gonna ask you before we yeah. the attacks that came upon you, do you know who was behind that? Was that Black Lives Matter the leftist black leadership no, of that? That was a process of moveon.org and color of change. Okay. All right, very interesting. Autry, you and I have to talk more at a different time. But it's New Journey Pack. NewJourneyPack.org. NewJourneyPAC.org. Yeah, and lots of good stuff on there. And you can connect with Autry and you can uh, spread. They have all kinds of information. And you know what they're doing now, at least in general. (laughs) Well, we'll talk about it in more detail. Autry Pruitt, thank you and God bless you and keep you. God bless you you as well. Thank you. All right, well, it's been a pleasure to have this second day at CPAC. Uh, Remember that uh, Donald Trump Jr. is speaking today. Donald Trump himself is going to be here on Sunday. Ted Cruz, you can watch it. Uh, lots of outlets are covering Epic Times is, uh, and us probably Fox too. So I think you uh, will benefit from that and would encourage you. Sandy Rios in the morning, AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.